Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, uh, hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, April the 6th, 2018. I'm Peter Tessier, coming from the grips of winter in Winnipeg. I'm Russ Cohen. I'm happy. I'm sure. <laughs> And I'm Michael Angelo, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, let's not spend the whole show on the on the the final home game of the Sedines, but I I did check it. I was telling Russ uh, yesterday after after watching the Leafs uh, Devils game and after he was leaving the Flyers uh, Canes game that I really didn't plan on on watching any of the Canucks Coyotes game because it really other than other than the Sedin's last game in 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 Vancouver it was an inconsequential game and there were so many consequential games that had to do with the the standings but I checked in like in the third period and it was three three and it went to overtime and it was the four on three power play and then of course I've never seen more numerology in my life Peter than after the goal where you know the Sedin's uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know. 33 22 Adler it was, was awesome. 23 Oh yeah but it's like oh my god it's like it was just you know it was just over Mike doesn't like when people have fun Peter You know what Mike if that is in Matt Sundin in You're Toronto wrong, in his last you game person. you picked the wrong person Peter I wouldn't care You, you there was a care. time you would have cared you only didn't care when but, Matt Sundin shunned the organization Yeah Right. Exactly. It's exactly. And you know what? And you know what? Matt Sundin should get like the order of Canada for doing it the way he did. So we didn't have to live through it for all of the rest of Canada, watching Leafs fans weep, weep across the country for the loss of Sundin. He did everyone in Canada a favor. Actually, the man was a hero as far as I'm concerned, but what, what, you know what? It was fun. It was different. It was, it was everything. But I think the difference is with the Sedins is that, it mattered because they never really got the respect and the accolades across the league that they deserved. And you're hearing it coming from other players. I mean, even Brad Marchand tweeted out something last night about them. I I, I saw that, Peter, and then then he got so many responses from it. Then then he came back later on and, and said, you know, something like, yeah, what's your, what are your, the problem is Brad, that you speed bagged one of them a few years ago. So I, I can't, yeah. I can't accept that you're being genuine. Battle. You know, I didn't watch the game, right? I, I, I popped in, I saw the crowd stuff on, on Twitter. And then I would say two or three people that I follow on Instagram broke all copyright laws and were showing live, you know, Facebook lives and stuff. So I caught a few of those. And it was good to see, like, from different seats, hearing the fans. And, yeah. the, and the fans were just absolutely crazy. It was it was nice. The final goal was nice. You knew they were trying to set up that final goal. Like, oh, sure. Edler was just there, like, all right, guys, yeah. I'm just going to keep feeding you until you get it. And same with Horvat. Um, it worked out. It worked out really well. It was a nice moment. The Vancouver fans are, are all that. Actually, if you I, – I wish we could put a side-by-side and, and do a, um, a loudness test – for the um, 
Sedin's last game and maybe John Tavares's last home game as an Islander, while the Islander fans were were chanting pretty loud, I think it was mainly from the lower bowl. And, you know, the Vancouver's Rogers Arena was full. So that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, and it could make you it know, in Vancouver, yeah. I think that the difference is, is that Vancouver fans are also chanting for Tavares too. <laughs> well, well, transit transitioning to that because our Arthur Staple wrote in the Athletic, I think it was on Wednesday, and the quotes from Tavares, and we touched on this a little bit, Russ, but yeah. the quotes from Tavares are really not encouraging. Mm-hmm. They're really, you know, he's like, well, we'll wait till the end of the season and we'll see what happens. And I, you know, I, I run into Islanders fans and they they say they want me back. And you know, he's like, he's it's all generalities. There's no specifics. There's no plan. It's a, it, it sounds like he's got one foot out the door. I think he's got both feet out the door. Like it's even the quotes after yesterday was like, Hey, the fans are great. They've always been great to me. He didn't speak in, you know, definite terms like this is it. And he right. didn't pick up any pucks. He, Tavares gives nothing away. He never will. He's a poker player that way. He's got a good poker face, but for as long as I've covered him and look, no, no, no offense to him. He could be a pretty boring guy off the ice, right? And he wants it that way. The way I saw it was he was appreciative of what the Islander fans chanted, although they chanted Stan Fischler too, but that's fine. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that was it for him. I think because here's the thing: in reality, the mm-hmm. Islanders are still no closer to being a Stanley Cup team. They've been a playoff team twice in the eleven years he's been there. Yeah. Is it eleven years now? Uh, no, oh nine. Oh nine. So nine years he's been there. They've been there twice. They, you can't guarantee me they're going to make it next year because we don't know who their goaltender is going to be. Yeah. So he's going to look at those things and say, "Yeah, this has been a nice run. This was a good team to get started with." Unfortunately, I think they were like a starter team in the NHL, and now he's going to go somewhere where he could be competitive and and vie for the Stanley Cup because that's what he wants. Well, I mean, and, and that'll be the interesting thing, and we'll be talking about this all you know all during the playoffs and up to July first. Um, whether it's going to be the sign and trade where you know the Islanders get something for him and he gets the eighth year, or whether he just goes and you know wh- whether he's willing to go outside of the Eastern corridor, you know, go to San Jose or Vancouver or Vegas. I mean, it, I mean, I, I put just on the, off the top of my head, I put a list of teams that I think could feasibly, you know, do it in terms of signing them. And I know Kevin Allen said that the list is not that big, but I think it was like eight or nine teams that financially could do it. Yeah. Um, eight, there's a yeah. significant amount. Yeah. But it's a que- it's a question. I mean, he's got the whip hand. It's a question of whether he wants to, you know, where where he wants to go. And you know, I, I wrote something about the, about Toronto. I, I don't think he wants to go to Toronto. I, I I you know, I mean, it would make a lot of sense for the Leaf organization. They could do it. They'd have to make some, uh, uh, you know, a decent upheaval of their current roster. And there's no real reason to do that. I mean, it would be great, but I I don't think he wants to go there and be sort of second fiddle to Austin Matthews. I think he wants to go someplace and be the big cheese. And if it's San Jose or Vancouver or some other place like that, I, then I, I, you know, and the rain, I think, I think the Rangers have a really good chance at this, Russ. I think shot it, at it. There's no, yeah. no question. And look, it's possible Tavares says, no, I don't want to go to the Rangers in the end. Cause he'd get a better situation somewhere. doesn't want to deal with the New York media. That's possible, but I don't think he'd run from that. But you know, I'm looking for quotes online from John Ledecky 
and you don't really see any since February. And I got to tell you, I would have been there as the owner at the end of that home game yeah. saying what the negotiations are and where we are as a franchise to at least try and show the fans that he's doing all he can to keep them. Because at the end of the day, by not doing that, that doesn't make me happy as a fan that, you know, he they're trying everything they can. Like, to me, the optics are they may be doing everything they can, but I don't know that. So to me, it looks like right. Tavares has a real good chance of walking away and the ownership is just going to let it happen. And the fact that the fact that they said nothing could mean that there's nothing going on could right. mean that, you know, he, he basically said last summer, we'll talk about it at the, at the end of the year. And there've been no indications um, that, you know, there've been no indications that there was any talks between the two sides, which is a little bit surprising, but you know, may, maybe not. I mean, maybe Tavares wants to do what's – now, I think there was more communication between Stamkos and Tampa than there has yes. been the Islanders and Tavares. But Stamkos still wanted to get to that five-day window and see what was out there and then went back to Tampa and Tampa signed him. The, okay. that, that deal was always there. I don't know whether the Islanders have made that move. Like, John, here's the offer that is here yeah. for you. If you want to go out and take a look, great. But come back to us and give us a, give us a shot. But as an owner, I would have put that out there already. Right. Because there is nothing to lose by doing that. Because if he's going to leave, you have at least told your fans, this is what we've offered. It's a fair offer. He's walking away from it. Right. And if not, it looks like you're not doing anything. So I, I feel like you should look like you're doing something. Because Stamkos mm-hmm. had one thing to fall back on. He knew he was in a winning organization that had already gotten way further than the Islanders organization did with Tavares. Right. That's a big thing to fall back on. Maybe, you know, maybe the calculation is from the Islanders ownership is that you, if you do that, then you put all the onus on, on, on Tavares and they make him look like the bad guy. Maybe well, I mean, at some point you right. do have to put the onus on him, right? I mean, it's a business. Right. Right, but maybe not publicly. Maybe maybe privately. Okay, so what would you rather have? No, but think about this. As a fan, yep. what would you rather have? Him walking away quietly or your team at least making a statement trying to keep him? Well, it, it, dep- it depends on whether the statement is just a CYA. And, you know, they're out there, okay, we offered him a contract, and but really we knew that he wasn't going to sign that, so what the hell is the point? I mean, well, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm not interested. If I'm an Islander fan, I'm I'm not interested in PR. I'm not interested in Ledecky and Garth Snow looking good. I'm interested in getting John Tavares signed. And if you don't get John Tavares signed, then they, you know, then screw you. Back in the day, the Mets did this with Daryl Strawberry. Yes. When most felt like he was going to leave, but it's better that they made the offer because at the end of the day, you never know if the player is going to change his mind and take that offer. So right. I would have made my offer very public yesterday. That's what I would have done. And I don't care if the onus is on the player because the end of the day, the onus is still on the player and I've got a franchise to run and I don't want to be held up. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, maybe they think this, I'm just saying that maybe they think the, the situation is tenuous in the sense that they don't want to, they don't want to go where they're putting all, all of it on Tavares to decide, you know, whether he, whether, you know, whether, you know, put all the onus on him. And if they do that and then he decide he decides I'm going someplace else, then they have egg on their face. But you know, they probably have egg on their face one they way. They have egg on their face now, no matter what, because they're not doing anything. Now, um, the game that I watched, we'll just touch on this briefly. C- congratulations to the New Jersey Devils who clinch a playoff spot yesterday with a two one mm-hmm. victory over the Maple Leafs. And it was funny because 
you know, the Devils basically 12 months later are where the Leafs were last year. Yeah. Um, a team that had the first pick overall in the draft, finished near the bottom of the standings, got a, you know, I, I think a, I'm not sure if Heashier is going to be as good as Matthews, but a very good young player, Nico yeah. Heashier. Um, they clinch in game 81 at home. Uh, you know, the, I think Taylor Hall is going to be in the top two or three in the MVP voting. And I, and Russ, we've been talking, you've been talking mostly about him for the last, I'd say month or so. Uh, Keith Kincaid saved their ass in that game. They were up two to one and the Leafs had 12 shots in the third period and had almost tied the game. But Kincaid came up big, especially on a save on Austin Matthews. Um, you know, he was full marks for the victory. He's seven zero and one down the stretch. Yeah, no, he's he's the guy. He's got to be their guy. I mean, he was amazing in that game. I mean, he's the emoji king on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, hey just, is this is this Mark Tardif on T? And yeah. yeah. it's just a great story. But it's funny that most people felt like the 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 Flyers were a lock and that the Devils were a lark. And I think on this show, we treated the Devils with a lot of respect, and we knew they had a chance. Bring into the season, I thought they were an NHL 500 team. Everybody knows that. But as the season went on, I saw as Butcher was getting <laughs> totally comfortable and everything else was clicking, that I felt like they were going to be a playoff team, and I went out on a limb. But I'm if still going to play this game, Russ, though. Huh? I got mocked vehemently for one of my 30 predictions saying that the Flyers would finish ahead of the Rangers and Islanders. Okay, well, that's then that is happening. <laughs> Just saying. Now they still might finish ahead of those two, and they still yeah. could finish out of the playoffs. But oh that, yeah, no, they could. I mean, they very much could. But we'll we'll table that for a minute because I don't want to steal the Devils' thunder. Yeah. The, the end of the day, what the Devils have done here is they have again surprised everybody. Just yeah. like a couple of years ago with John Hines, because nobody would have thought even now that they would have clinched ahead of the Flyers, and they've done that. And They've done that because of Keith Kincaid, and nobody, nobody, nobody knew that that was going to happen. Look, Corey Schneider look, be look at the look at the happen. contributing. Sorry, sorry, Ross. No, look sorry. at the contributing factors in how the Devils have made the playoffs. They made the big trade for a defenseman. They get Votnin for for Adam Henrique. They sign a college yeah. free agent who's going to be a leading candidate for the Calder and Will Butcher. What's that, Peter? I'm just doing MVP. It's Taylor Hall. I mean, MVP, you can, you can you know, Taylor, I got my ballot. He's he's in heavy consideration for the top spot in my ballot. You know, scoring scoring forty points more than anybody on, on that team. You know, rookies like like Brat and 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 Heashier, You know, guys like Blake Coleman. I mean, you know, it, it was it, it was sort of improbable, but I mean, Ray Shiro went out and made moves to. You know, he goes out at the deadline and he gets Patrick Maroon and and Michael Grabner, and they've helped you know, get them over, over the, over the finish line. I mean, so this is, this is a good story and, and we're burying the lead Kincaid picking up for an injured Corey Schneider and taking the job and running with it. So, I mean, that it's a great story. I, I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs. It all depends on who they match up with, or, I mean, the, 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 the race right now in the Metro and that, that's where I want to go on the next one act yeah. because yeah, definitely. I'm, tell, I, I'm telling you right now as, and I, and I said this to Russ last night, after watching most of the second and third period of the Columbus Pittsburgh game, I hope that the Columbus management goes out and finds the nearest accountant in downtown Columbus and plays him in goal in game 82 and purposely loses. So they don't face the Pittsburgh Penguins because if they face the Penguins, they will get smoked because they cannot beat that team. Yeah. They I mean, can't beat them. 
I, it's it's so funny. And the pen they could the check this out though they could win, and the Penguins could still fall could fall out could sure. fall out fourth. And that that that's also possible. So it's it's so hard to say what you know what Columbus really wants to do here. You know, like if you want to get home ice in the first round, which you do, you know, especially it's not going to tank. I think we all know that. Yeah, 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 no, smart. I mean, and this, so this, the Penguins play the Senators, okay, now that's, that's a tough, that, you know, it would look like a, an obvious, you know, win, they get, they're gonna win, they're gonna win, you would think, but the other thing about that is, you know, I don't know, the Penguins seem to me like the team that always ends up playing who they want to play in the first round, like, they always find a way to match it up, the right, it, it's amazing, they have such great, fortunate luck with that, um, before we get to that, though, and I do want to get to the whole playoff thing, um, I am not, you know, and I was talked to a lot of people today about this, and I'm not convinced the Flyers are making it. Like, I'm still, I'm still not there because well, I really, I really think that this is this is a really scary situation. Um, they absolutely, I mean, I thought, I thought the choice of Brian Elliott was insane. Um, I said that. Before. You weren't alone. There were people in the press box that felt the same way. I mean, you got at this point, you have to. I mean, I would have. I mean. You know, go with Alex Lyon. I mean, honestly, it's like the go is no, that's insane. No, it's not. I mean, it's, it's I don't know. He didn't have groin surgery, Mike. That's the thing. Like yeah. even even post game, Gossip Spear said, "I know what he went through in a way recovering from that surgery, but I'm not a goalie and I'm not out there making splits." That's amazing, and he's right. But yeah. the stall goal is the goal you worry about. Oh, the stall, well, and the goal before that too. And I wrote, I wrote it on your I said on yeah. Twitter with what you said, Russ, too, because I have been worried about that. Ahu goal all year because one thing Elliot loves to do. Have you ever played open hockey out there? You know, and you play open hockey against goalies, and I'm one of them, who you know ends up like you know just going down on his knees when the puck goes behind the net, you know, and just going post to post on his knees because it's a lazy thing to do, and you and you can you know and and you spend a lot of time on your knees when you're playing six hours in a row of open hockey goalie and you're tired. Um, Elliot Elliot has been doing this all year. Where he goes down way too soon. He goes and he goes down on his knees whenever there's a wraparound. I mean, everybody who's watching this game just saw how to beat him. You know, this that's something Crosby will take up, take him apart on. You know, Aho the, said he meant to do that too to bank oh, it yeah. off his back, and uh, that's because when you do crouch too early, you can get it banked off. He could. That's the only way he could have scored that goal, actually. There yeah, no, point. but he he leaves that short side high open when he goes yeah. to his knees, and yeah. and these guys can these guys are accurate enough shooters that they can make it happen. You know, and what you saw in that situation was clearly, a, you know, a bit of a template, and then. I mean, you saw Elliot's face when that game was over. When you saw, when you looked, when they showed the, you know, they showed the looked at him. He he looked, he looked just absolutely like he had seen a well, ghost. Like he won the game, but he looked like he had seen a ghost. And, well, I mean, I mean, they've clearly lost all confidence that they had in Morazic if they're yeah. playing if they're playing oh, no Elliot at sixty percent. But what you need now, I mean. It reminds me so much of 2010 because when we're coming down the stretch of 2010, you remember how bad the goalie situation was then too. I mean, yeah. when when oh, we yeah. went to that, I sat next to you, Russ. I think yep. for that shootout, yeah, um, in the press box, and we go to that shootout, and I'm and I'm we're sitting there saying, you know, the Rangers have Lundqvist, the Flyers have Boucher. That's like it'd be the equivalent of saying the Rangers have Lundqvist, the Flyers have Morazic. We didn't know Lundqvist had screwed up his knee. We had no idea. Yeah, he didn't, but still, it was like there was very little confidence in Boucher at that point. Sure. Um, and you're looking at, and you're sitting there and saying, "There's just if they go to shootout, this is done." And the Rangers were playing for a shootout in the overtime they of that were. game in 2010 because they knew it. They knew that they get the shootout, they have them. Right. So the the well, Flyers winning that shootout was probably the most miraculous thing of the whole season. But the this like this is this plays out last night. Now they're going to go against the Rangers, who you know now this is the, and this is why I'm on the Alex Lyon thing because and I'm and I'm serious, but he had he just he recently played the Rangers and played them very well. 
did. He played against the Rangers twice. Once lost, once won, I think, um, this year. And he played well both times. And you need a goalie not to lose this game for you. That's what you need. Um, you don't need a goalie to win it for you necessarily. You need a goalie to not lose this game. And I, man, and then the playoffs. An I mean, awful, awful lot of pressure to put on a young goaltender to, in that situation. I mean, I mean, why I not? All, I mean, if you're Alex Lyon, you're sitting right, there. Put him against Pittsburgh. I mean, if you, yeah, if you're sitting there, you're Alex Lyon, you're like, Carter Hart's coming. This is my chance to do something. This is my chance. This I would, if I'm the coach of him, I'm like, listen. This is my know. chance to be the future backup to Carter Hart. Yeah, yeah. no, and, but in a way, or the, to to prove yourself. As, I mean, because if you're Alex Lyon, you're sitting there saying, okay, I or make yourself trade bait because he probably would get yeah, traded. Right. I'm, if I'm the coach. Uh, this is an easy motivation to go to to go to Alex Lyon and say, listen, you have a you have the world on your shoulders here. If you lose this game, no one's going to blame you. I mean, you're the fourth goalie on this team. Yeah. But if you win this game and you come up big. That really puts that you really paint something there, and I don't, you know, I mean the only the way I see this happening, the way I see the Flyers making the playoffs is the rate is the Panthers losing on Sunday night to Boston. That's like I don't see the I don't well, see the Flyers making the playoffs by happen, winning. But I got to tell you, I watched a fair amount of that Panthers game yesterday. I did too. And the way they played Boston and the way Luongo played, that is not a guarantee anymore. No, but the the, the seriousness of the injury is what I wonder with with the with the with the with the, with the uh, Panthers. Um, because, um, you know, they, the big gun goes down, right. You know, I, I was watching that game too. God, why well, can't I think of his name? They're, they're top scorer. Barkov? Barkov. Barkov goes down with what looks like a separated shoulder with like, with like 10 minutes left in that game. Yeah. He gets leveled into the boards, leaves the ice. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about, I haven't heard anything about it. I know they're not going to say anything about it, but yeah. he, he, you know, and I'm, I'm sure he's a, he's a competitor. He'll play if he's got, you know, if he has, if he can put it together with rubber bands, but he did not, I mean, that looked really serious. And he goes off, and I'm, I was watching the the broadcast, which I think is probably a great, you know, gold, you know, um, Goldstein and uh, Goldstein and Pop and just really great, and Randy Muller too, like a great yeah, comment. They've got good. a great, they've got a great crew. So I'm well, watching that, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, this is there's this this is, and they're they're like when he goes down, they they were saying, oh man, this is the absolute because it was tied to too. This is the absolute well, worst thing that could happen because the Flyers I, had just won and he gets hurt. I I, I have to say though that you know. The, the season's on the line, and we've talked about this off and on during the year. The season's on the line there, and it was a virtually empty building. There was, like, nobody in the lower bowl at, at, in, in Sunrise, which it, to, to me is a statement on, the, on that franchise. When you're in a playoff race and you're four points out with three games to go, I expect, this, I expect the building to be filled, and it was not even yeah, – I don't yeah. even think it was halfway filled. But no, I mean, the, 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 where, where I'd be concerned here when it comes to – uh, the Eastern Conference playoff form uh, the situation is Boston's lost three games in a row. Boston rushed back Bergeron, who still yeah. looks great, rushed back Chara, rushed back McAvoy. They're without the, the Nashes. They're without Brandon Carlo. They don't look right. And they've 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 brought back a lot of these guys for the for the playoff run, and now they're in this pitched battle with Tampa, and they're both at 110 points, and they're both with two games left. And if you look at the schedules, Tampa's is a lot easier, and all Tampa has to do is hold serve. They win both games, they're they're, they're first place, and they play Philly or New Jersey. And I think everybody would agree here. I'd rather play Philly or New Jersey than Toronto in the first round. Oh yeah. You know, and I and I yeah, I, absolutely. Go ahead, Peter, go ahead. Yep. No, I think. No, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean that's you, where it's you at. Take right? those guys over anything, and 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 you know that's the other variable in this whole thing is it, it can happen. You want it to happen, but will it happen? Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, look at the, the other thing about the playoffs, and we talk about this every year. The two most important things I think in the playoffs are always goaltending and special teams. Like I've I've always yeah. gone back to this is the, these are the two things. And I you know last year did a did did each round based on who would win with the best goaltending and special teams, and it was pretty it was pretty freaking accurate because the best goalies. And so when you're looking at who you want to play, New Jersey or Philly, there's no contest there. Well, Ru- no, Russ, you don't want to play right now. You don't want to go against Kincaid right now. Kincaid is. I agree. Well, right. It sounds crazy, but it's but, true. But this is but this is a, this is a concern for for Columbus again when it comes to playoff time. They're playing the, the the biggest game of the year. They take the lead four times in this game: one nothing, two one, three two, four three. And Bob and Bobrovsky gave up a couple pretty bad goals. The one to Connor Sheary in the third period was was pretty bad. He he has the reputation, in spite of being a Vesna Trophy winning, Hart Trophy caliber goaltender. When it comes to the playoffs, I don't trust him. And and honestly, that's why yeah, I'm saying they Corpusallo. Like no, you have no choice. Well, no, but- I know. Yeah, I know you have no choice. Yeah. But uh, but right. But all I'm saying is. Make it make it make it easier for yourself. They're, they're, play, they're, play, they're playing Nashville at home in the final game of the regular season. Play Corpusallo and sit some of your best players because you want to avoid Pittsburgh. And Torts is going to do the opposite. And then say, he's stupid oh, wow, because I'm sorry. Them. If they play Pittsburgh, they're going to lose. I'm going to give you the opposite side, though. A coach that has the resolve that Tortorella does will say, "Go out and beat Nashville yeah. and show everybody." what we're made of going into the playoffs. And that's what he's going to do. I will tell you this though, watching that game and watching Columbus down the stretch here, they might be the team with the best shot at beating Pittsburgh. I mean, if you're, if you're that, have a shot, you're not, I mean, I mean, obviously Washington has Pittsburgh's number and all that, but um, I mean, I think the best team matching up against them. I mean, this is a team when you, when you're eliminated by a team a couple times in the playoffs, you build to beat that team. You know, this, this, and that, that has happened with this team. The Columbus has built to beat the Penguins. They are built I mean, to beat that's, Ultimately, that's what they had to do because yeah. they knew there was a good chance they were going to face them at some point. And sometimes, like I always say, you have to slay the dragon. Well, this is what they're going to have to do. And they're going to, they're in their best chance to do it in the franchise history. They're going to have to give it a shot. Yeah, I know. Um, hey, I, this, I, this is not unlike Vancouver having to deal with Chicago. Right. Yeah, right. You have to exactly. you have to slay the dragon, right? Yeah. You you yeah. gotta you gotta deal with it. You gotta get over the hurdle. It might not be easy, but you have to deal with it. And at some point, even if it didn't match up that way, they may have to see him in the second round or the third round, right? Like it's yeah. you're gonna have to deal with it at some point. You might yeah. get lucky and avoid it, but you might yeah. you know if you're a player, you probably want to take it head on rather than duck and run. They're not boxers. So that, that brings up my question, which is for for everybody here, and it's a perfect, perfectly what you said, Peter. Of the you've got the Flyers. I mean, the Penguins aren't going to fall to the last spot, so no. they could fall to the first wild card. So let's say you've got the Flyers, you've got the Blue Jackets, and you've got the Devils. Which one of those teams is best suited to take on the Atlantic? Like when you think, because one of those teams is going to go into the Atlantic bracket, and you know that's that's how the way this bracket works, you know. So. If it's the Flyers, they go over to the Atlantic bracket. You know, it could be the Devils, could be the Blue Jackets. Who do you think gives Toronto, Buff, Boston, and and Tampa the most trouble? I think Columbus would give them the most trouble, but I don't see Columbus yeah. falling to the second wild card. Right. Um, I I think it's going to be Jersey. It's going to be Jersey or Philadelphia playing uh, Tampa or Boston. Yeah. And yeah. I think that Boston or Tampa can handle either one of them. Yeah, I think. Bob, you, Bob, sorry, go ahead, Peter. 
I was just going to say, if you have to choose between Jersey or Philly, and you, you, of who you want to play, hmm. you're going to you're going to want to take Philly because yeah. it's such a hot mess in between the pipes, yeah. right? Well, that, it's, not, that's, that's the, it's actually sorry, Peter. It's a little more than that too. Like they were two line team. Yeah. They they had countless passes to center ice yesterday that were intercepted, but just not cashed in on Carolina. Like they will make mistakes in every game. They will score goals, but if you're a really good defensive team, they will make mistakes and give you a chance to win. And that's yeah. You want to play. Jersey. I, I, Russ, I totally agree. I was just trying to pick point one thing that people yeah. see, obviously, with Philadelphia yeah. and where it is. But that's it. another valid thing. And we were talking about this on the last on the last Buzzcast that they're the kind of team that could use that coach to take them to the next yeah. level. Now, well, Jer- Jersey, you, know, that, you, just, you just illustrated why they need that net coach, right? Jer- Jer- Jersey is more Jersey is more of a one line offensive team, but the second through fourth line, they all have great speed. And that that's an equalizer mm-hmm. when it yeah. comes to the playoffs, you know, guys like miles wood or Blake Coleman, they just, you know, they, they, they'll score the odd goal and it'll be a tough matchup. I honestly, I, I think the, the best chance for that second wildcard team to beat a team in the first round would be to play Boston because I'm starting to get concerned about all the injuries that Boston has. Yeah, I'm not and, concerned. I saw the way they play, Mike. This Cassidy has got these guys fired up to the point that yeah. it's next man up. I, I'm not that worried okay. about Boston, not in the first round. But they're a machine right now. Mm-hmm. Joe they, in the chat room had mentioned, and, and this is a really good point on his part, we haven't gone to the West, but of course yeah. – that that yeah, Saturday yeah. game Blues Avalanche could yeah. be a playing game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be. Yeah. Too. I, I don't think any way the Blues are going to beat Chicago in Chicago. Like I think. Well, yeah. I, all I all I know is last night the you know in terms of serving back and forth uh, in terms of losing, uh, St. Louis served it to 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 Colorado after losing to the Blackhawks, and and uh, and the the Avalanche served it right back by losing to San Jose. I mean, I, I watched some of that game, and. You know, again, Jonathan Bernier is just not up to it, and yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's a big drop I, off. It is, yeah, it's a very big drop. Now, you know, they have again, they have not. Do they go to Andrew Hammond in game eighty one and eighty two? Uh, they can't do that. Yeah, so so right. I mean, Colorado's only got one game left. It's that game against St. Louis. St. Louis has got two games left, and I is the the Chicago game is tonight, right? They play back to back. So I mean, there's going to be fatigue there. I mean, but. Um, and and then and then last night we had we had the Kings win we had uh, they're at ninety eight points San Jose wins they're at a hundred yep and Anaheim's at ninety seven they got two games left so Anaheim could end up in third place in the Pacific yep. ahead of the Kings they could end they could even end up uh, I think that they they're tied with regulation if they if they went out they could tie San Jose so. Yeah. The, the landscape in the West is not certain at all. Here's the thing about the abs. I do think it's the injuries that are doing them in because yeah. Lomov's out for the rest of the regular season. Eric Johnson's six weeks now. Six weeks, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's huge. That's a killer. That really is a killer. They don't have enough depth. They just don't. No, they really don't. And uh and and they I mean that the whoever gets in there is 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 gonna really be as a big a long shot as you can get in these playoffs. You know, like whoever's yeah. gonna have to like take McKinnon's gonna have to have like a four goal game for them to beat. St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I think the Predators would probably rather play the Avalanche. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because of the history with the Blues and and you know the Blues tend the Blues are going to look at it like you know we were in a war last year with them. I mean, once you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs, right? So there's that big so, thing of the playoffs. The revenge of over. Carter Hutton. 
<laughs> I know, and the Carter, and they got they're gonna they're gonna go with Carter Hut, and they gotta go with Carter. Hutt. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing about that 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 you know, I mean, two goaltending situations. You know, Philly and St. Louis are just really mirroring each other in so many ways. But um, yeah, I mean, as 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 far as you know, the projected standings. Which, by the way, if you go back to the beginning <laughs> of when I put them out, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this over the weekend. You're gonna be shocked at how freaking close I got because I had the especially if the Ducks get into second. Um, in that in that division, yeah. in the Pacific, you know, because they were Karnak. Yeah. I know. No, it's not just me. I know. Karnak, just, yeah. it's, pure, it's pure math. Sim so it's Saladim. Not, I have nothing to do with it, right? But it does. I do have the Blues winning there. Well, yeah, because if you had something to do with it, it, it would be terrible. Be a totally different outcome. We know that, right? Absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, I, well, I want to talk about the Jets for a second since we have yeah, Peter yeah. today because I really want to. You know, I talked to somebody yesterday, and there's this whole this pressure on Winnipeg of never having won anything oh. in the playoffs, right? Like they're going back, and I love when they bring back the Thrashers, like. Going back to the Thrashers, like like that means anything. Oh, yeah. Like the Thrashers, you know, like I remember the Atlanta Thrashers. I just don't see it, you know, as like meaning anything. Well, but there is that pressure until no, you win it until you win in the playoffs, right? Yeah, it's you know, th- there's a ton of pressure. Blake, Blake Wheeler's come out a couple times and said look, we need to temper our expectations here. Yeah. You know, everyone's talking. He goes, there's a lot of work to be done. And he's yeah, right. And I think he's just trying to keep things normal. Yeah. And, you know, you've got Line A who's, you know, he's not going to win the Richard, but he's going to, you know, he's darn close. You've got Kyle Connor who's got 30 goals. You've got um, Ehlers. You've got all these things happening. You know, Stasny had a really nice goal last night. And there's just a lot of expectation because it, you know, They've never had a team this complete since the WHA days. Yeah. So, and, or, or maybe 1990, 1990 actually is the last time they had a team this complete. Yeah. And so there's just, that's just Winnipeg and it, it gets a little goofy that way. But, um, you know, I think, I think, um, Paul Maurice is probably going to do a very good job of keeping these guys level headed. He's, he's starting to show some, he was a little quick last night in the post game, um, there's some oddities about that, but I think you're going to start seeing him sort of bring some brevity to the situation. He's going to try and keep things loose, but I mean, yeah, the pressure just for simple reasons is, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's just totally nuts. And it, I mean, it's overblown. Just want to wake up tomorrow and hope their car starts. I don't know how much they're looking <laughs> forward to the Stanley cup or anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, I think I, I don't know. I think the part, the thing about Winnipeg is, is there's a there's a total insecurity complex here. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, the yeah. team left once. It would never could do anything since the WHA. Lots of people discount that league and discount the players in it. And it's just it's it's the little town in the middle of nowhere that shouldn't be here, and no well, one should have success. So people get they get nuts about it. I'll plead ignorance here, Peter. When in the first NHL incarnation of the Jets from 79 to when they left, did they win a series? Yes. Okay. They, they I believe was, they, they did. Maybe Calgary, right? I think it was Calgary. I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So so yeah. It's, it's not like they – like the like Coyotes went to the conference finals if you want to kick the Jets out that way. No, no, no. We're yeah, I mean, in Winnipeg. It doesn't – yeah. Yeah, we're talking about in yeah, Winnipeg. I mean, yeah. Nothing else yeah. matters if it's not in Winnipeg. True. But yeah, so, so yeah, I yeah. mean – you don't count. You don't count Bobby Holik, uh, you know, and and Atlanta getting swept for nothing by the Rangers. You don't yeah. count any of that stuff. You, you you count when when they're in Winnipeg. And I think this, you know, this this particular team. I think the thing that sucks, and we're gonna 
you know, see in the off season when they probably redo the playoff format is that a team like Winnipeg and a team like Toronto, where Toronto is going to play a team that is going to play, uh, you have 110 points and Winnipeg is going to face Nashville. If they beat Minnesota in the second round is that teams that are at the top five or top six or seven in the league are going to be out by the second round of the playoffs because of the playoff structure. And that sucks. Yeah, but I don't think there's going to be any yeah. first-round sweeps. The one thing, no. while we hate this playoff structure, the one thing we've learned is the first round's pretty damn competitive. I think the only first round yeah. First round's I amazing. I mean, that's like if I could take a vacation every year and not do any work, yeah. it would just be to sit around and watch the first-round playoffs. Yeah. I think the only potential yeah. sweep in the first round is if Colorado plays Nashville. Because that's it. I, but otherwise, it's too damn competitive, and that's the problem is by the time they get to the second round, you look at a few of the teams that are out and you say – they could have won the Stanley Cup, but it's it's ironic that a team that's a team that's going to have a lot of say so in who plays who in the East is going to be the Buffalo Sabers because they yeah. play Tampa tonight and they play Florida tomorrow and if they mm-hmm. you know they've already locked up last place overall so there's no motivation for them to really do anything other than personal stats and whatever. Yeah. Um. If they if they go in and they beat Tampa, then it's then it does it does uh, a Boston a big favor. And if they and if they beat Florida, then it does the Flyers a big favor. Do you guys know what the difference of from the Metro from one to five? Do you realize it could be six points? Yeah, I mean that that's like the crazy the crazy thing about the Metro. Like that that's something that I was just you know looking through it, and it's just I mean the difference it, that's in, insanity. I mean, so that that is all the reason you do not want to play the Atlantic Division. You know, like we talked about, like the Atlantic Division difference is like the, again. You know, this Metro Division started off for the first two months like gangbusters, and right. it ended up like slop. And the Atlantic has come in strong at the end. And, you know, a lot of times when you're looking at the Stanley Cup, that's the way to do it. No, let's let's specify the top three of the Atlantic. Well, that's fine. The bottom bottom five of the Atlantic has been crap. Well, no, you got to put the Panthers in there, too. No, you got to count the Panthers. Okay, yeah, that's true. The Panthers is really good. You're you're forgetting all of that. The web series is still alive, by the way. So, yeah, (laughs) that's that's another reason. So, um, yeah. No, there's definitely there's no. Did you, anybody see the first one? I didn't see it. No, I missed yeah. it. I should have watched it. Was um, it on the conspiracy channel? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I do, I, I do think it, the really interesting thing about the Jets and Wild meeting is, is the to me is the are the two teams with probably the fan base that has like the crazy the, the 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 like the just waiting for something to go wrong expectations type things. You know, like the Wild especially. I mean, I mean, I think, I think. I mean, the Wild have always gone to the playoffs, and as is per you know customary, you know, right before the playoffs, something major goes wrong. This year, Suter, Suter yeah. goes down. You know, it's every year. It, one year was the goalie in the first. That was remembers Backstrom in the opening game, in the warmups before the Blackhawks series. And when, when, the Wild, had, when the Wild were listed that had home ice against the Blackhawks. You know what? I am not burying the Wild because no, no, defense is deep. Devin Dubnik has gotten hot at the right time, and I watched mm-hmm. some, I watched some of the game the other day, and Zach Parise looks like he's back. And he just was, for yeah. those, and just for those factors, adding Erickson Eck and some other youth, you know what? I think they still have a really good chance. I am not counting out Minnesota yet. Oh, yeah. this is this isn't a gimme for the Jets in any way, no. shape, or form. No. And I think that's what some of the message is: is well, just because the Wild lost um, Suter, it makes it that much easier. But you know what? We've seen it every year, and I think this is something you should do beforehand: is where we pick a team or and figure out who's the unheralded player who goes on this insane yeah. run yeah. through the playoffs. It happens yeah. every year, and there's yeah. no reason why it couldn't be someone filling I mean, in for Suter who Jason just suckers that guy. Yeah, like it just comes in. He doesn't have to put up a ton of points. He just has to prevent a ton, right? And and that's all it is. And the right. hole's plugged, and 
It does, could does that, go. It happens. Does that, every does, year. that mean that, does that mean that Brandon Tanev is going to be the one who scores a ton of goals in the uh, in the playoffs for for the Jets? Uh, well, here I'm going to give you a perspective here, and I didn't realize this until the other day. Uh, only because of fantasy hockey did I realize that Devin Dubnik has like as many points as Sergei Bobrovsky, and we don't look at Devin Dubnik yeah. the same way, but he is just as good if you think about it. He really no, he- is. He's had a, you know, the funny thing about Dubnik is he has had, he had off years and then he had incredible years and this year he's just having a good year. So yeah. I think it's weird. You're, you're seeing he's having a solid year, which is not, which is why you're not seeing, you know, if Dubnik's great, he's usually unbelievably great. Um, but this year you're sort of seeing just him come off. I mean, to me, the wild, the, the key to the wild is the fact that Parise is a big game player with big game yes. experience and he's got yeah. big, and he looks like his speed is back. And he, I, I, and he ramps I, I, up. You can see him ramping up like the last, the game that they clinched it. He had, I think a hat trick or two goals. Um, they get the playoffs. You could see that, like you know, that New Jersey Devils Parise that we used to see that would come in at, at, when the Devils were in the playoffs and just be ridiculous. So I, I don't think anybody in Winnipeg is considering considering the Wild an easy out. I, I, if they are, they're, they're I think they're they're overlooking a team that had, does have some playoff experience and does have some players that can make a difference. So I mean, I think I, I think the Jets will be favored. I think. You know they should win that series, but I mean you can't overlook the possibility that Minnesota could rise up and, and upset them. So something that you know the Jets have done here that Peter has egregiously overlooked is Connor Hellebuck as a U.S. born goalie. Yeah, is no. right up there now with Mike Richter and with Mike Barrasso and Tom Barrasso. Yeah, Tom Barrasso, I know. I only heard Barrasso. So it, when he plays tomorrow night, he has a chance to break the record. Correct. Yeah. And that's huge. That's that, huge. This, I mean, actually, think about that. People in Winnipeg were killing him last year, and I was still defending him. I've said it every time. Yeah. I've said every time. It's always, it always takes an American to save a Canadian team. Well, that's true. Gillette saved the Canadians. Like, that's true. I, look what happened. Look at Matt, yeah, Matt, Austin, Austin Matthews, Matthews in Toronto. You know, um, yeah. you know, no, come on. We all know. We all know who saved the Maple Leafs. It's Roman Polak. Come on. <laughs> um, it, takes an, it takes an American. Now, um, or a group of Americans. The news, the news that broke yesterday. I, I was a little surprised, and I want to get everybody's thought on this: is mm-hmm. that uh, John McDonough comes out and says Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville will be back next year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a little surprised, Russ. I thought that you know it was going toward the direction. It seemed like they were laying the groundwork for a Quenville firing because there's all this talk yeah. coming out about Bowman and Quenville <laughs> don't like each other, blah blah blah. And now yeah. they're they get the vote of confidence. So how long is it before so, Quenville's fired? Though? I still think Quenville will be in the hot seat next year if they start off slow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just think right now they could tell that their fan base is very itchy. And they were, I was on a show last night where it was full of Chicago fans. Yeah. And the fact that I didn't know that Alex the was up to 28 goals. Like I got excoriated, which is fine. I didn't realize it's that high. Even Mike didn't realize he was that high. Like he just snuck yeah, up there. I didn't yeah. Know either. yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah. that's all they had to look at. And yeah. these fans are angry. They are an angry fan base. So I think yeah, they're just they're trying spoiled. to go status quo. I think they crack so up the most about this. this. Go ahead, Peter. You go first. Go it makes, I was going to say, it makes a lot of sense. So think of it this way. You you tell everyone that they're in place, okay? They're safer until next year. So if they let Quenville go, let's just focus on Quenville. They've got to find another coach, but they're probably not sure what their plan is going forward. And do they need the that coach until they've made roster moves that are going to change the trajectory of the team? So you keep Quenville, you keep Quenville safe. And then if things don't go well, you you ax them 
in the yeah. you can you can ax them in October, November yeah. when no one can get them, and then you don't have them turning around and coaching against you right well, away. I brought this I brought uh, this up to Russ yesterday when when we heard the news of Quenville uh, getting the vote of confidence. Does this mean that the chances have increased of one of the big two being moved? And I think it does. I don't think it's likely, but you know. Where does Chicago go here? They've, they're locked up on long-term contracts. Keith Seabrook, Crawford. I think. I mean, first of all, I think Corey Crawford. He's been injured two years in a row. I think they're going to have to find themselves another goaltender. Maybe it means buying him out. Maybe it means you know you just accept the fact that he's not going to be there all the time and go out and get a one B. But you have, you know Duncan Keith. His shot is gone right now. He's uh, yeah. you know he's he's not he's a shadow of his former self. Brent Seabrook is making yeah. seven million, almost seven seven million bucks for other six years i mean the only i think the only way you create space is maybe moving one of taves or Kane, but that's an awful big move to make yeah yeah no i mean i think it will we'll definitely have a lot of time to talk about the blackhawks this summer because i don't think they're making those big moves yet but i have yeah. kind of heard the rumblings that if they did they would keep Kane and move taves that's i have heard that yeah, i've heard that too I, I still hear crawford is could possibly be moved out i've heard that too that that that's a player that they I mean, which is kind of strange. They, but they have no replacement. Act. No, they would have. They would have to give. No, it that's up. because then you take. Then you trade Taze for Price. What if you might? Have, what if there was a Hopey for Crawford move out there? You know, like something like that um, this summer. You know, where two well, teams are like, okay, you've got two good yeah, teams. Why and, would Washington do that? Well, it yeah. it depends what happens in the playoffs. Okay, like if 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 the if, it really does depend on if if Hopey's your guy, which we all think he probably will be. Right. Hopey's your guy, and he loses yeah, out. Then, then that makes all the sense in the world to Washington, and probably makes all the sense in the world to Chicago. The both both organizations have the same kind of feeling, you know. I mean, with, with Washington, you're bringing in a goalie that, in Crawford that's one. I think it's more why would Chicago do it than anything else? I mean, Crawford's well, one. I think why Chicago would do it is because because Crawford's been injured two years in a row, and now their contracts mm-hmm. are exactly almost exactly the same. Yeah, Holton's got two more years at six point one. Right, Crawford's two more years at six, so it's a wash. But I think there would have to be more in, the, in that deal from the Chicago perspective on top of Crawford because Holtby is a 60-game starter. He's one of the you know, he's not having a great year this year, but he's a very good goaltender. I think he's younger, Russ. Right? He's 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 younger yeah, than so. Holtby's younger. But at the end so, of the day, if you if you have hope, so so say Brubauer comes in the playoffs for whatever reason, or Holtby has a bad game, Brubauer comes in and, and yeah. takes them far. You know, um, then another reason. That's How many years reason. is Crawford's contract? Two more. They both have two more years. I could. It's a possibility because it would give them a bridge to Sam Sonoff. So I can't say right. it's not possible. Yeah. So speaking of Chicago, um, Lawrence Gilman was on Vancouver Radio the other day. It might have been yesterday even, and he was talking about cap space. And we all know he's probably the preeminent expert on cap mm-hmm. space in the NHL. Right. And. He said one thing he could see a team doing for doing is trading for Hosa to weaponize their cap space, mm. be, and that which could definitely, which could be an interesting thing of what, what you get for Hosa, so a team can weaponize and use the cap space. You got to remember Gilman thinks about this in a different way, yeah. and you think, well, you don't have it, but you do with Hosa, and it's three a lot years. like, yeah, three more years. Three more years. So yeah. you just. Wow. Again, going back to the idea that Bowman and and Quenville are safe, it makes sense because there's probably a plan, and Bowman's probably pitched some ideas here about how they're going to deal with this problem of this core four and other assets. And 
you got to let him sort of work the plan a bit and keep Quenville out of someone else's hands because he's that good a coach. Yeah. It's weird, Peter, because it's a it's a dual threat when it comes to a guy like Hosa and players like that who are on long-term injury and who are never going to mm-hmm. play again. Hosa is a benefit to a team, say a competitive team like Boston, Tampa, Toronto, because they have them on LTIR and they open up $5 million yeah. in cap space by putting them on LTIR. But he also could be a benefit to a team like Arizona because they don't have to put them on LTIR and that eats up five million dollars yeah. in cap space and they get the insurance or mm-hmm. and i'm not sure if it's a back diving contract but if it is and i'm just looking right now it is a back diving yeah yeah he's one million dollars so this is arizona will go cuckoo for cocoa puffs to get that deal yeah because they're so, paying a million dollars out of, out of hand if i'm chicago i gotta roll the dice and if like john carlson's out there I got to go for him and then severely yeah. try and move Crawford or something because at the end of the day, if they don't have enough defense, the team's going nowhere and Quenville will go crazy again. And so I've got to try and bring in a big defenseman somehow. That's the only way to save that team. They're, they're, yeah. Russ, they're in the, the difficult position that LA was in a year or so ago with yes. a bunch of players that they really can't move. And what they, what they're going to, what they're going to need is, you know, to have guys, uh, like Saad, do a Dustin Brown and re- reinvent themselves because I, I don't see them being able to move Seabrook. I don't see them being able to move Saad. I don't see them being able to move Duncan Keith. It's, it's weird to say that based on how great that they've been, but you know now they're in their 30s and their play is dropping and they're making so much money that I mean I, I think there would be a team out there that would take Duncan Keith because. Uh, you know the cap recapture that would yeah. kill them if he retires early goes back to Chicago and he's making five mil, a little over five million bucks. So I think I mean, I'll, I'll give you a move. I'll give you a move that Chicago can do. Like LA has been the king of really collecting college free agents this offseason, right? If yeah. I'm Chicago, Kale Morris, who plays for Notre Dame, is a free agent. Yeah, he's undrafted. He probably should be winning the Hobie Baker today, but he's not going to. But he'll win the the Richter Award if he wins the Frozen Four. You might be able to get him to leave after two years, play a year in Rockford, and then you get rid of Crawford and you've got your young goalie, and then you would have your cap space, or you trade Crawford, and you go one year with somebody else. Yeah. And you've got your cap space to go and get that defenseman, and you may have a great young goalie too. I just got a text. I got a text from a scout about the Crawford Holtby thing. Um, who said he'd actually heard that mentioned because, and the reason he, you know, wasn't just speculation. It is speculation on my part, but he says not just speculation. He's heard it mentioned because of the of the coming um expansion draft that yeah. the idea would be you know get Crawford in you don't have to protect him you know hope yeah. he goes and plays and play and becomes the Blackhawks goalie you know so there's a situation where you you run into it you know you run it, it could possibly go out that way too well, they both be UFAs if if Seattle's coming in in 2020 they'd both be UFAs so it really wouldn't be a factor either that's, way that's true they would both be UFAs you know that's a good point. So maybe you're looking, maybe maybe you're looking at an extension for Hopi possibly in there too. I mean, there's all different possible scenarios to play. Well, Sam's not going to get an extension because yeah. Sam's not, not from not from not, not from Washington. Um, from but, but Chicago, if you're going to extend somebody, Washington. are you going to extend there, Crawford? You're going to extend Hopi. You know, like there there are enough teams out there, and you know, right now that need a number one goaltender. I mean, it was, I think St. Louis needs a number one goaltender. Yeah, but if you're Hopi, you're going to Chicago. If you're a UFA, like if you if you have you know if if Hope, that's, that's a great place to go for a goalie. Um, if you know if if Crawford's yeah, not there anymore, not a UFA. 
but so, when he is, I mean, but if you're going to yeah. sign an extension, like I'm saying, like if you're traded and he and you're he's looking at an extension, you know, if he gets traded to lose, he might not be signing an extension in St. Louis. But if he goes to, to Chicago, the funny thing about that, real quick, as I so I'm watching the Panthers game last night too, and along the bottom of the scroll they say, you know, that that the that the Hawks announced they will be retaining, you know, Coach Quenville and GM McDonough, you know, which is just it was just oh, you know it's just it like a, ty- a typo. A typo, uh-huh. but but you know it's a typo, but it's not that there's a reason it's a typo, and that's because people think McDonough is the GM often, um, and it's well, because he's the business guy, but he's not a hockey guy. He was a he was a I think he was a basketball guy. He was a basketball. Guy. He is he is he is a spin guy. Um, he's really good at spinning things, and he's really yes. into um making splashes. Like he, yeah, I've interviewed him. He's a very sharp guy. Very sharp, he's and you know, you know, he's charismatic. Yeah, very charismatic, and and you know, to him, doing you know, it, the reason that this this happens is because he you know he wants to make a splash. He wants to Quenville and, and wants them people know that they're, that he's not going to be out there. So he he's all about that. He's always been about that. When he was brought to Chicago, that was his goal. You know, sell tickets and get out. You know, get out that way. Um, so yeah, before we go, I just want to do one thing here. We can do um, oh, and one other really fun stat. This is something that, and I haven't been able to figure out when it happened last. Maybe we can one of us can do the research on it. But if the Flyers were to make the playoffs, when was the last time the first and second pick overall in a, in a draft both made the playoffs? Oh, God. You know, that's like something that's really because, you know, you're obviously going to ha- you have, you know. You mean, the, you, mean the fo- you mean the following year? Yeah, no, the year they came in, like the right away, like New Jersey and Philly. You've got, you know, you got the first and second pick. I mean, generally, one of those might, but it's rare that the two right. teams. And then part of that is, you know, the new system. That's just that part of that plays on the new system of how we determine. It does. So. But it was interesting. So before we go, I thought we should play the draft lottery simulator. Ready? Yes, let's do it. I don't know the answer to your question either. I'm not even racking my brain to figure it out. Yeah, I'll find out. I will find out. But I just thought I'm looking as we speak. It has to have been a while. All right, so here we go. The NHL draft lottery simulator. Pick a winner. Pick it already. Let's go. The Arizona Coyotes. Oh, look at Arizona. (laughs) They can replace Ekman Larson. It would be just. It would be just because I mean I like the way yeah. they played down the stretch. You know they really have they really have earned respect that way. They've they've, they've definitely. I mean even and last let's night. Be fair. Jacob Chikrin getting hurt again is not a great sign. Yeah, that's true. I mean he's got to get past these injuries. You don't know what Jacob Chikrin is right now. What his future is until he could start staying healthy, which is a shame because I like the kid a lot. That's true. Um, well, anyway, um, also the Canucks, I had, I had this written down, but the Canucks interview with Sedin's last night after the game was pretty amazing. You guys saw it or not, but, um, they, uh, you know, they, they do the in-stadium interview, you know, and they ask him, you know, because the, the fans were chanting one more year, one more year as the Sedin's were going off the ice. And they uh, on, like late night with James Duffy. Did I miss that? No, this was like, this is like from the, yeah, this, this is from the bench, you know, like the, the bench microphone interview. Oh, that, that was a good joke. You forget. I like it. I like it. I it basically that. So anyway, no, and they they said, would you come back a year? And, and and Daniel said, no. At one point, he said, no, we're not going to come back. He said, at one point, I looked up and on the on the on the you know the score, the big scoreboard, and you, and there was a the picture. They were showing all their other kids, and he's like, when I saw that picture, I'm like, we're doing the right thing. So classy Sadine thing to say, and classy Sadine yeah. as always to do. Good, good guys, for sure. Oh, I did see a headline yesterday. It, it's worthy of noting that on local NBC here, um, they said something to the effect for the headline for the Flyers game is. Uh, the Flyers win, and they wouldn't have it the way that it's going. They wouldn't have it any other way. And and I I replied to that by saying I think they would have liked to have clinched by now. I do. <laughs> and I was kidding, and I put an LOL. But it's like, yeah, I'm not sure they're picking 
this is the way they want to do it. Yeah. I mean, if, I, get if they, the guy, I get what the headliners trying to say because they're controlling their own destiny, but you should just say they're controlling their own destiny. Not that they'd like to do that. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, that Boston game that just happened will oh, be yeah. the one will be the one they look to because where they, they lost the game with like three seconds left or something like that, where they had it tied. Um, and Boston's funny because they can actually control if they if they can kind of control who they play. I mean, to, almost completely. So, I mean, they really. But I they're mean, not they're, trying to. You can tell they're playing they're, flat out well, every game. They don't want to play Toronto. That's why. So they're trying. They're trying to avoid yeah. Toronto at all costs. But also, you know, by you know by beating Florida, you know that that it'll be interesting that they can they can ensure. But by if if they get to the point where they're already. They win the next game, for example, and Tampa was lose the game. They could actually be in a situation where they do control. Oh, wait, I just got a text. Brandon Dubinsky's in net tonight for Columbus. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, this is a great weekend. Enjoy. Anything else, Mike? You good? No, no. I, I've gone. I've scanned back to 1998, and nobody, yeah. no first two picks. There you go. So there you have it. I mean, it's rare that they play. They both yeah. play both in the playoffs. Do um, we care and, about the chat room questions, or are we just saying? Yes, no, we can do a couple. Yeah, give us a couple. Give us two. All right, come on, we're making quick people. Let's go. We got things to do. I mean, Nolan Patrick's just ridiculous right now, so he really has been impressive. Chop chop. He's he's <laughs> playing with the full confidence you would expect him to play with. He is, and when he does that, he looks like one of the best players on the team already. Yeah. Oh no, he's definitely one of the best players. On the team. <laughs> I mean, he really has this craziness. His, his... him and Michael Roffel definitely. <laughs> hey, listen, he scored a goal like. Everybody was bitching yesterday, and the guy scored a goal. The big score, the big score for Philadelphia in the playoffs. The unsung hero is going to be Matt Reed. Matt uh, Reed, he'll get a new contract <laughs> if he does that. Oh man, that's just uh, so far no questions. All right, all right, I guys. Well, 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 how long till Carter Hart wins a best Um Let's see. What are we in twenty eighteen? I'm going to say twenty twenty twenty. The big question is Carter Hart next year, you know, which I which I put out to you guys last night too yeah, as well because I, I I think it'll happen. Not, he- not with Hextall as GM. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like I, I, you can't. What's it. going down this year and how is it all playing out? I mean, look and look. That's like that's like saying that's like that's like saying Morgan Frost is going to make it this year since he was what third in the OHL in scoring. They yeah. they don't. I mean, the 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 pattern. I mean. Patrick was second pick overall. The rules are different for guys like that. When you take a guy in the second round or you take a guy at the end of the first round, usually it takes a couple years for them to get to the NHL. And Hackstall has been somebody who doesn't rush players. So I don't think you're going to see these guys until 2020. We do have a very important question. It's a a two-part question. A, what city has the worst pizza? And B, is Boston pizza even good? All right, I'll answer first and we'll go around. Boston pizza is average, but you could could eat it and it's – um, are we talking Boston Pizza, the chain in Canada? Talking the chain. Now, Boston. We're going, now we're going to cities. The two worst pizza cities that I've been to, and clearly I have not been to every city, are Boston or Houston. It's a toss-up. Uh, the worst pizza city I've been to is Columbia, South Carolina. Wow. Okay. Oh, they had chains. Oh, they were basically chains. Nobody. The worst one I've been to is Rome. <laughs> no, no Italians lived in Colombia. Right. What was that? I'm, I'm going with Rome, Italy. Worst I've ever had. I mean, oh my god! No, I was in. P- I was, you know, just like I mean, just horrible. I mean, horrible pizza. They're known for their pizza. Terrible. It's different, Ack. It's, it's like it's not like American know, style know, pizza. I, they call it pizza. You're asking my opinion. I, for what I like pizza, it was horrible. It was terrible. Wow. Okay, so now we'll get the correct takes. Boston Pizza as a chain is f- right. fabulously awful. Yes, it is. And it's 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 just it's edible. Ugh. 
Barely. <laughs> yeah. Well, depends on what you think is edible, Russ. Now, worst pizza city, San Francisco. Really? That's not a bad call. I've had. I do agree with you on that. But that whole area, pretty bad for pizza. Um, and just a little shout out because I'm heading down to your fine country tomorrow morning at um, 8 a.m. to go visit to, to Grand Forks, North Dakota. I'll say uh, hi to uh, the Hackstall fans. But I am going don't to one of the in. best pizza, pizza places called Rhombus Guys. Okay. Guys. And Russ, I will be putting photos up for you to see how good this pizza is. I was in it's Grand Forks. How did I not know about this place? Now you know. <laughs> yeah. it's, I thought, it's amazing. I thought, the only place that was, I thought the only place you could eat there was TGI Fridays. <laughs> my, oh, the favorite pizza, my favorite pizza mystic pizza in connecticut um fam- famous for the movie but also incredible pizza uh, mystic connecticut um, young julia roberts was a waitress there i'd go yeah, yeah no that, that, that but and also any and new york's the best city for pizza i mean I, I think it is but there's 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 definitely places that are challenging even new haven i hear is challenging you know what? Unfortunately, when I was in New York in the fall, I think the halal food has jumped over pizza in terms of what you're going to go for for a late night snack. <laughs> Shoot the darts. You know what's funny? So I was in when I was in Tampa last week. I'm down there, and then in the um, newspaper, I'm re- re- going through the Tampa newspaper, and it's really funny the things that you know that, that the, like the local Longboat Key newspaper, which is like really it's hilarious in and of itself. Like the things that are being reported, like the police activity on Longboat Key, like a wallet found, you know, da, 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 that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, on the front page, John Cruck opening up a, 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 a chain of Philadelphia Crucker cheesesteaks places in, in the Tampa area. And, uh, you know, and the, so you all know the Philly cheesesteak, the quote unquote Philly cheesesteak thing, which is famous around the world. But Crucker's doing it the right way. And there's only one way to make a Philly cheesesteak. And there's only one key to it. And everybody, no one gets it right. And it's amazing. But he's, he finally, what's, what's the key to a Philly cheesesteak? It's steak? the bread, but he's not going to be able to pull off the he, bread. No, he is having Amarosa. Amarosa is 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 dropping. Yeah, but Amarosa is like okay. They're not the best. Every day, every day he's getting a new batch. So, yep, but here's the thing. Okay, so you get the Amarosa delivery. The minute it gets there, the humidity creeps in, and it's not the same. The only Amarosa I know is that vacuum packed store for Trump. <laughs> not vacuum packed. That's what, that's what I read the article. He's getting vacuum packed. Even if you, the only way you could combat it, think about it. You think the cheesesteak guy on the grill is worried about what this bread is like and how it's stored? No. Unless they have it in a sealed room like a humidor or something and they can control the humidity, they are screwed. Yeah. We have to end the show. All right. Because- there you have it. But that, no, the, End the show, Mike. Cheese Whiz is Cheese Whiz. Anywhere you go. Cheese, cheese Whiz sucks. Anywhere you go. As cheese long as it's plastic. Cheese Whiz. Provolone. Provolone's way better. Cheese Whiz is amazing. I know it's people out there are just are agreeing with me. Yeah. Uh, the title today, the title again, was Insecuriority. Um, <laughs> remember without the buzz look it up guys it actually is a word remember without the buzz yeah. it's just hockey at least on the urban next <laughs> which means it's got to be true um, remember without the buzz it's just hockey talk to you Monday with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky <gasps> No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 